Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Uh, I am so excited for you to meet Gregory. Uh, Gregory Lee is today's guest and I met Gregory through our mutual friend, Troy, who is Lord Troy on Instagram. And I really feel uh, this is a very visual episode. So if you have the Instagram app, go on Instagram and look at Litly Litly. And it's I-L. You can look at the episode name and just like verify that. It's Litly Litly. I'll put it on there. Um, Because Gregory Litly, I think I was first introduced by Troy through an Instagram link saying, go follow my friend Gregory fantastic Instagram story usage, right? Like, and I'm a person who's a content creator. I mean, I think I know that I was creating content long before there was social media, right? Like I was just putting things on the internet. I had a blog in 2002, right? I've basically only briefly been private on the internet since 2002, like just having a blog, social media, all these things creating, right? Um, so I love other people who create, um, cool things, right? And I love that there's even a term called content creator, right? So Gregory Litley creates beautiful content. It's constantly learning new ways. Like, I feel like stories had almost like, was barely a thing, right? When I first started following (laughs) Gregory and just watching like things kind of unfold, like how he uses the technology. I just think it's, he's brilliant. He, he has really good taste. Like a lot of things, I think that's really like, if you're going to follow someone on the internet, right? Like you interact with them, like they, they're things that you connect with them about. Right. Um, and so then I actually got the chance to meet Gregory at the shoot for the video that our mutual friend Troy was shooting. Um, I'll put a link to it at the bottom of the show notes. It's a really good, it's called G's and it's when Troy was using previous branding as a bear named Troy. Um, it's still a great, fantastic, video and the song is really all about toxic masculinity and taking it down and it was like recently post fire festival so there's some fun fire festival imagery in there about the um winner of this toxic masculinity pageant i played one of the judges gregory was playing one of the contestants um and a friendship was born and here we are on the podcast so recently so gregory's always introducing me to new stuff um and I recently, Clubhouse was born. Clubhouse is like, I would describe it as like podcast episode, like live podcast episodes. You can potentially end up being part of, but they're not recorded, right? They only exist in in that one time and space. Um, I guess maybe sometimes they're recorded. I saw a thing today where it said not recorded specifically on the thing. And I was like, oh my God, are they recorded sometimes? Anyway, I don't think they are. I'm pretty sure if you miss it, you miss it. But like you can go to like a live thing. Like it's really fun. It's like panel discussions happening all the time at literally any topic. They, it's just user created. You have to have an invite to get on there. Um, but they're pretty, I mean, I have invites, right? Like, you know what I mean? If, if you're on there, you have invites to give. Um, it's been interesting. I feel like I'm, I'm definitely excited to be having someone like Gregory surfing the internet for me so I don't have to do it and just kind of reporting live from Clubhouse, really using it to connect to people. It's really fun because you just follow people and if there's people you know in a room, then maybe you know somebody and maybe you'll talk to them, right? So it's it's been, it's literally like walking the halls of a virtual Clubhouse and it's kind of this, this masterful, simple social media where it's literally just voices. So it's like so accessible because you can just be at your home doing all your self care and like show up with just your voice, um, and contribute to a conversation or consume a conversation, um, and just be part of something. I'm frequently on Clubhouse while I'm doing dishes. Um, it's like a really fun thing, like at the end of the night to just be like, Oh, what's going on in pop culture according to Clubhouse. Right. Um, it's how I learned about Kim and Kanye's divorce. Um, Gregory made some really astute points in that room about um, how Kim is now going to law school. I did not know that. Um, And maybe we'll run for president someday. And I'm going to say this just as myself, a person who is an American, really struggling with this right now. Um, I am so disappointed in how the donor class is still influencing our politics when we're in the midst of a human health crisis. Um, I think that Americans have not been in crisis at this level, um, maybe in our lifetimes, most of us. And it is astounding that the government is like utilizing money to pay for the, for, for bombing other countries. Like it is just 
bananas to me. And so, like, the donor class, like, basically, if you have $26 million, you can run for president. And so Kim Kardashian is a potential person who could run for president. I'm just saying that's a thing that could happen. Um, I'm so glad I, I learned that, right? And it just, like, stokes my fire more and more to get money out of politics. So things like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not like she wouldn't still have the social capital to potentially still run for president. And she is actually quite smart and charismatic, like many presidents have been. Um, anyway, I think it's, um, it's all just so fascinating. And I love that there's a place on the internet where you can go and have conversations and just like really dig into interests and learn more and all sorts of things. So anyway, Gregory is absolutely wonderful, very charming. And I'm excited for you to meet Gregory. But first, let's talk about Patreon.com. Patreon is a membership support site that allows folks like you to support creators like me to create work that matters to you, um, things that might add value to your life. My Patreon feed is Patreon.com slash FKDP, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party, which is my one-of-a-kind aerobics class. Uh, if you've ever been called too much, too fat or felt too awkward to dance, this is the supportive class for you. Uh, it is so much fun. I teach it on Zoom on Saturdays, uh, and that is available at any tier of Patreon support, starting at two bucks a month. Um, it supports this podcast, supports my YouTube, supports my blog. Um, it supports me just creating in the world. Uh, also, uh, at the $25 a month level, you can join my on-demand aerobics class, Fat Kid Dance Party, live. It used to be me teaching classes like on tour in real life, but that doesn't happen anymore during the coronavirus. I'm in the forest. So it's me teaching aerobics in the forest. Uh, there's always a 10 minute, 20 minute, two 55 minute classes, a 45 minute cannabis size class that's specifically for a cannabis experience, either psychoactive or non, but you know, just a little slower choreography, a little more stretchy. Uh, and then uh, a chair modeled class. So I like really like kind of do that. I rotate it out weekly. It's really fun. I love getting to do this on-demand aerobics class. Um, I actually broke my podcast mic <laughs> by kicking it uh, during the last uh, uh, last week that I've recorded. But luckily, the new cord came in time uh, to record this next podcast. Uh, I just broke the cord, thankfully. The, the mic seems fine. Anyway, I um, am so excited to be able to do that. I feel like Patreon has been like... Uh, my Patronus truly in this time. Um, and ever since I had to kind of pivot to not touring anymore, like there have been more people who need aerobics on the internet. So here I am. So hopefully that piques your interest, patreon.com slash FKDP. There's like, we have now like a discord server so you can meet folks. I'm really turning this into like a thing that's as though you're meeting people at the gym, right? Remember when you used to do that, meet people at an aerobics class? Well, now we do it in the in-between times on this Discord server. It's like a little, it's very early internet, similar to Clubhouse. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm so excited for you to meet Gregory. Litly, litly on Instagram. You're going to want to see it. Okay. Oh, and we talk about the sweetest content in here, and I want to make specifically reference, I know some people are listening from the past or from the future. You're in the future. I'm in the past. Uh, we're talking about the sweetest content thing is from February 2021 on Litly Litly on Instagram. So you're just going to, if you're in the future, you're just going to want to scroll back because you want to see this beautiful pastel heart um, adorableness. Um, it was like perfect for Valentine's Day. It really did bring me a lot of delight on the internet in that time during uh, first uh, pandemic February. Uh, I'm now calling this second pandemic March. Uh, we're moving into biblical times. <laughs> during the great pause during this pandemic. So uh, I just recently like started planning a thing. If you want to save the date for a fun party I'm throwing, um, it's online and it's in June, second pandemic June uh, on the 19th. Um, anyway, it'll be at 5 p.m. Pacific details TBA, but it's I'm already really excited planning it. And I needed this. I needed a thing to look forward to something to celebrate something just I needed a thing. Anyway, love you all. So glad you're here. Here's Gregory. Okay. Gregory, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel like we had such a cute little pre-show, but I'm ready to dive into the real deal. 
I'm so excited. Feel free to repeat any of the sentiments you said in our pre-show. Um, Gregory, um, give us your elevator pitch. I feel like that's like a clubhouse staple is just being able to pop into the room and introduce yeah. yourself to strangers. So give us give us what yeah. you are. Right. Um, uh, a struggling intern. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. could you imagine? No, um, the elevator pitch of Gregory Litley. Uh, let's see. Um, I have practically a decade of marketing, digital marketing experience. Uh, the first few of the years I was playing in the agency world. I worked at an independent agency where I got to touch a lot of different brands and do a lot of different things. And I learned a tremendous amount. It was probably the most I've ever learned about myself and about, um, the world, you know, it was an amazing opportunity. And then, uh, about five years into that, I um, transferred into playing with brands on the brand side. I thought it was like, you know, the the next kind of step. It made a lot of sense to me. So from there, I, I worked a little bit on Laura Mercier. Then I went um, and joined Revlon as director of uh, digital director for portfolio brands. And then um, each of those iterations, I noticed that I was always kind of up against trying to figure out or trying to... Um, get in contact with talent. That was always kind of like the hurdle. So for my next iteration, um, I was able to join a talent agency, Elite World Group. And I was able to be one of the people that started their digital their digital arm, their digital department. And it was cool because I was a, a lot of people that I loved working with, I was able to bring and kind of create a team, which was really exciting. Um, because I love people and I love to be like a resource to people and help people. Uh, yeah, and then lo and behold, a little crazy thing called uh, COVID hit. And, <laughs> you know, the team was, we were all kind of released, so to speak. And since then, I've just been, I've been freelancing so much. And I've been kind of like plotting and thinking about my next move. I feel very blessed to have such like a wonderful network that um, enjoys me, remembers working with me and comes to me with um, some wonderful projects to, to work on that definitely keeps me busy at this time. That's great. I love when people can take their work a day life to quote Moira Rose, right? And like convert it to something where you own it, right? Like you own your time, you pick who you work with. I mean, in many ways, it's like having a bunch of bosses instead of having one boss, because uh, every client's a boss, but it's a great way to like really be living out your values and like bringing what you want into the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, that, so you're completely right, having, extra uh having multiple bosses totally true and i also think that like for the first time you know whether i wanted to or not had some time to to kind of like slow down a bit i mean me, me and my husband um prior to 2020 we were um we traveled so much we traveled so much together you know if we were away from each other for longer than like three days we we wanted to meet up so if he had a long work trip or if i had a long work trip you know, we would try to be with each other as much as possible. So we were, you know, we had this like the luxury of kind of just, you know, being so free and able to move around and go to LA like once every three weeks. And then, you know, if we had to go to Austin, go to Miami, go over to like London, you know, so, or, Paris, you know, I did a work trip like five months before COVID in Paris. So um, that wasn't really happening last year. And I was able to kind of think deeply about what I wanted to do, what I wanted to like, what I wanted to put out in the world. I think last year was so important in so many ways. Um, and I'm genuinely very much in touch with the way I feel and the way others feel. And I think that's really important. So what in this like new era, new phase, I've been really trying to create imagery that I want to see and that I don't think exist enough. Mm. Oh, I love that. And, and I loved too. Um, you did this amazing shoot recently, like, and, and by shoot, I mean like a whole content rainbow universe. Like you really thought it through. You were so generous to, to go on clubhouse and tell everybody like nuts to bolts, like how you create. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, well, that was, um, 
I mean, that was such a good idea. Uh, so the clubhouse was, I mean, the shoot was, was wonderful too, but I was, I was, um, I just had this, like I said, you know, I just haven't been able to see so many of my friends and I'm so blessed to like have some wonderful people in my life that I started just doing these like mailers. I started one right around the election to kind of, even though everyone, all of my friends that I love were voting, but what I did was I put out a little mailer um, and it was the theme of don't blow your vote. And it was blow up balloons of V-O-T-E with some Smarties candy. And um, so everyone reacted. So I only did like five. I sent like five out. I'm not like, you know, a, a company. I'm not a not a conveyor belt. But um, I sent out about five and people really, really enjoyed it. And they like, you know, posted it and tagged it. And, uh, and it was, it got me like thinking, I'm like, oh, I definitely want to do this again. Um, so then the idea for, but I didn't have an idea. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do that again when I have an idea. So then January rolled around and I had the idea to do the sweetest content, which was just, um, like a, uh, it was almost like a campaign within a campaign. I had a little curated box that I, that I put, um, uh, items to help someone create the sweetest content. So we had Smarties Candy, uh, the president, the co-president of the brand, uh, loved what I had done with the vote mailer. And she had said, if you do something like this again, please let me know. Like we'd love to be a part of it in some way. Um, and then we did um, a mini light panel that had uh, changeable uh, swap out filters for different lighting and different tonalities. And then of course, Smarties Candy, and then a printed card where I was able to explain like why I did this and why you're receiving it. And a part of the reason why, um, I was actually very lucky that my friends that I wanted to be in the shoot, the first three that I reached out to said yes. <laughs> um, but you know, I had Marquise in it and, um, and um, <clears throat> Aaron, excuse me, and my friend Jonathan, and it was, I, it kind of all come where I've always, I've seen their content specifically throughout the quarantine time and the color and the topics that they cover and the types of content that they create. I'm always just so inspired by it. And it's like, well, I want to see more of it. So if I have the opportunity to like make something together to collaborate, let's just do that. And the, I never could have expected that the, um, that the uh, result would have been like these gorgeous, I mean, I did one gorgeous imagery, but Smarties like loved it. And for Valentine's Day, they had like all over their feed pictures of like queer joy and like, you know, just every skin tone and, and affiliation with like color. And it was just so, it was, it was kind of like the perfect result. Like I couldn't have planned it to be that way. Um, and I was so touched that, that they, responded so well to it and that my friends had fun and you know they had imagery that they loved and that they were proud of and um there are people that I think are so talented and that I just I they should be showcased more so if I have the opportunity then like yeah let's collaborate let's do something let's make something happen so that was the really long version of how that shoot came together and then what happened after sh after the shoot I love it. I am so, I was so inspired watching you do that. I've been following you for so long on Instagram simply because our mutual friend Troy told me, uh, you have to follow Gregory Litley, Litley Litley, right? On Instagram. And like always with the best stories. And it's true. You're such a good innovator of like figuring out the new technologies and like sharing yeah. things. And you have such a good heart. And like um, you do a really, you strike a great balance of beautiful content and curation of other people's content. Like I love your TikTok roundups as someone who is like still doesn't understand how to surf TikTok. I'm making TikToks. I just don't really know how to surf it. And like, but like, I like the ones you post. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Right? I do the, I do, I do work for you. Don't worry. Yes. So that came about where I was, um, it's very, it's very popular. It's a very popular behavior that Instagram users will just share TikToks that they love on um, Instagram stories. But 
I I want it to like make sure that there was like a separation and I want it to be intentional. I wanted people to understand why I was sharing something. So, uh, or why I was specifically sharing TikToks on my Instagram stories. So that's kind of how the whole like super great TikToks chosen by me came up. And it's something that it was like, I literally made it in like, I'm not even kidding you, maybe 20 minutes. And out of like my entire career, people will like send me voice memos with their like super great TikToks chosen by, and then like their friend will yell me. So it's so, it's so bizarre. It's just like, wow. And I, I even have a, a friend who recently told me that she'll walk around her apartment after she sees it and just like hum it to herself or sing it. So it's so, it's so, it, it's, you never can expect what's going to resonate. Cause then I'll spend a lot of time on something or like a, a, a collection of things. And then people will be like, Oh yeah, I saw that. Are you going to um, post your TikTok soon? Or I'm like, okay, cool. Great. So you never really know what's going to resonate, but it's always, it's, that's part of the fun, right? I do a lot of AB testing on my, on my account and learning, as you said, like I try to kind of push myself to learn the different types of, you know, tools to make things look interesting and unique and try to remain relevant in my own special way. But yeah, it's, it, that was unexpected. People really do, people really do like that. And what's interestingly enough, cause you kind of like referenced Clubhouse is that there's new people that are finding me through Clubhouse that I haven't been doing the TikTok thing as much. Cause honestly, I'm one person. There's only so many hours in the day <laughs> and sleep and rest is very important to me. Yeah. And like staying hydrated also is like very, um, and they have recently, yes, look at you. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. See, I only have a little bit left, but I figured I'll be, I'll be safe. My kitchen's like down, down the hall. We can pause. If you need to get water, I, I'll say like, it's no. so important to me. It's such a value. But it's, it's been funny to see new people that find me on Clubhouse be like, what is this that you're doing? And I'm like, oh, that's like, it's interesting. Cause I didn't think I really had new people, um, but I've actually, I just looked the other day, I was saying to my husband, I kind of hit a plateau with Instagram. It was like this, you know, and it was okay. Like I, I'm not here to um, gain followers. What I want is like people that, um, that I work with or that I want to work with or that are in interesting diverse industries and maybe work in my same vertical and are interested in digital marketing. Like those are my people. But honestly, like that's a very niche group, you know, and I had reached like, you know, uh, 19,000, I guess it was like a year or a little over a year ago. And I kind of just like, bloop, just plat, like flatlined, like that was it. And because of Clubhouse in the last like five weeks alone, I gained like a thousand more followers and I just hit 20K. And I was like this, the power, the halo effect of the, well, I mean, that's not the goal. The goal is like qu- uh, quality, not quantity. Yeah. But it was a really interesting finding that so many people have felt um, strongly enough about hearing me on Clubhouse or being a part of rooms that I've been a part of that they take that extra step to like click on your uh, Instagram link and then and then choose to follow you. I just, I think those kind of relationships and the reason and the connectivity, I always, I just find those things so fascinating. Me too. I find it, I mean, the plateau is real. Um, and I like to, instead of it being a flat line, I'm trying to think of it as a runway because like, I know that like the oh, next is just leveling up, right? Because, wonderful. Right. And, and all, what you were saying about AB testing too, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, oh, I've definitely failed way more times than most people have tried in terms of creating content and what's going to vibe with people. I've been blogging since 2002. So, and I'm a lot older than I look. So I've been like really, you know, building this thing right long before there was Instagram and then my Instagram really hit a plateau during this quarantine it's like I get new followers and I vibe out followers it's like the more specific I've become to who I am and what I'm delivering like it's not for everyone people who aren't growing don't like to hear quotes motivational about growing you know what I mean like so it's it's you know, it makes sense. And I'm just kind of trusting, I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. So I really trust the goddess with my analytics and, um, and what I'm supposed to serve, right. And create for people. Um, so Gregory, I really specifically invited you here because you're such an expert on clubhouse. You taught me what it was. I was like, what even is this? Do I want another app? No. Did um, I teach you? 
you did because you were just talking about it on your stories and i was like huh interesting interesting oh my goodness. so when, I, when yeah. was that was that this year it was this year it was post new year like whenever clubhouse was starting to like really take off maybe in january like um and you were pretty active on it because i kind of thought you were already i kind oh. of thought you were already on you were the person oh, that taught me. So I used to think when I first got on Clubhouse, I'm like, oh my God, I'm in these rooms and these people can hear my background noise. And I would get very stressed because I'm like, oh my God, like my cat is making noise or I just dropped this thing. And then you were the one that reached, I just sent you a DM. I was like, is my mic on? And you were like, no, you will know when your mic is on. <laughs> so <laughs> that's something, if those of you who join Clubhouse, your mic is not on unless you have a lot of consent about getting on a stage. Your mic is so. on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. Oh my gosh. Um, for some reason, I always think that like, because you, you have such a, um, you have a deliberate presence on social media. So I assume, and I, and I shouldn't assume that's my fault, but I assume that people like yourself already have like gone and parked their name, or, you know, because you want to make sure your name is the same on every platform for branding purposes and future marketing opportunities. So um, it's funny when um, when you bring it up like that, but I actually, I kept trying to get Troy on. He, he joined, um, you know, I think it was maybe late January. I could be wrong, but I got Ian on first. And so it's been, it's, it, I mean, Clubhouse is, is one of the most amazing platforms I've ever touched. It's, it's, um, I say that there's electricity to it and that's so real. It is the first platform that has like uniquely been able to dimensionalize someone mm -hmm. uh, in real time. You know, I think that there is a, there is a, uh, you know, I was saying before how I love thinking about like connectivity and like what connects us, what connects us faster and like what makes you trust the connection as opposed to other connections. And I think that, you know, Clubhouse is really the next step. Like we, we had to go through all the other social platforms to kind of get here, to kind of like weed out, you know, um, I love Instagram. I love it from a creative standpoint. I loved Snapchat back in the day. It was like a creator's dream. TikTok is so unique. They have so many different tools that you can play with to do your own edit. But we had to go through all of that to get to a bare bones, like down to like foundational, open your phone and you're on type of um, process that Clubhouse is. And I think it's, I think because of that, um, it's offered so many people new, you know, unexpected new paths. And now we're like, we're faced with this whole new world of audio creators. Yeah, it's so good. Like it's, um, I find like, I see you on, I always try to pull you up. Oh, I appreciate that. Do you feel me? So I, I learned from you that Kim and Kanye were getting a divorce. I didn't know. Oh. I, I had no idea that he was living in Wyoming. I like, I don't pay attention to them. So like, it's not my thing, but like, I'll, the way I use clubhouse is like, I'll definitely go on if I'm scheduled to something. If I know a creator that I like is doing a thing, I'll go on and be in the audience. And then I also uh, will just kind of just pop it open. If I don't want to, if I'm trying to down, like if I'm trying to not be having screen time, but I want to feel like I'm in the mix a little, I'll do a clubhouse. Cause then you can just find a good thing and just like, you know, lay in your bed or what, which is exactly what I was doing when I was learning about Kim and Kanye's divorce from you on like hour three of like a clubhouse deep brief with Perez Hilton. Like, I was like, what is, uh, what am I walking into? That was, so good. That one. Yeah. That was one. I think that, hey, I mean, that, I mean, it, it, that's a really good example of one way that I'm seeing um, activity on Clubhouse emerge, but the other methods that you just kind of reviewed and kind of went through, those are really kind of the like the the, the pillars of of Clubhouse, giving people the ability to have that like free range panel discussion and connecting with people that you would never normally have access with. I think that's something that I mean, you know, depending on we all just tried to survive last year, you know, like we just tried to survive and do our best to survive. Like I wasn't looking to succeed in something. I was looking to just breathe, remain as healthy as possible and do everything I can to keep my husband healthy as possible too. And 
you know, and then you have kind of Clubhouse kind of towards the end of last year picking up steam and and um, and traction, and you get on and you instantly feel this like refreshing burst of um, of connection mm-hmm. because so many of us just didn't have that for so long. And for professional verticals, I mean, people, the livelihood is based on networking and connecting and 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 um, creating awareness for yourself and also being able to um, discuss who you are in front of new people. So, you know, I feel like people are, people are drinking it up like water. <laughs> like they are just, I'm hearing screen time, time spent on app hour increments that you wouldn't even believe and it's um and i but i do believe it all i believe people are spending a robust amount of like heavy time on on clubhouse so i try to i try to i don't police myself but i definitely want to make sure i always have a healthy relationship with any social platform Mm -hmm. so i think it's important just to like be watchful because i'll tell you what the first two weeks of January, I, I was like, huh, like I, my sleep pattern was off. I was on my phone. I was on like, what, how many rooms? Oh, oh my gosh, I'm connecting with someone that I haven't spoken to in eight years. Oh, wow, there's five of them. Oh, great. Now, and it just went on and on and on, which was wonderful. It was great. But it was also really important to recognize, hey, this isn't sustainable and it's not healthy to continue. So, you know, I had, I had a really tiny misstep and then I course corrected since then. Wow. That's so important to think about like what's nourishing you. Cause like, honestly, I, I'm an ambivert. So I get my energy either from very good connections, uh, extroversionly, and then also from downtime by myself. So I can go either way, but, um, it's also been so great. It's like just the access, like, um, anybody with a chronic illness knows that like, it's difficult to always know that you can follow through with showing up somewhere, but on clubhouse, you can be your most raggedy, the illest you felt, but still feel like you're in the mix. Cause you're in a room and you're connecting or you're learning stuff. And honestly, the first time I was ever in a room was my friends, two of my friends were like hosting it. It was like a wellness thing. And they pulled me up on stage and I was like, what's happening. <laughs> but then I got to walk through it with friends and then like another friend of mine came into the room, we were able to pull up on stage and it was very much like having, it was like I was in my backyard in LA again, having a big party and introducing my friends, which is my favorite thing to do um, to make those connections for people. And it's just, there's so much possibility in Clubhouse and yeah. I'm excited for more and more people to get on it um, who have things to say and things to, to learn. Cause really Clubhouse is more listening than it is talking. And I think that's the important part too. You're, you're right. I, for, for the first bit, I was listening on, in every room. And then I found my way. I followed someone that I once worked with. Not followed, but I, I saw that someone, <laughs> that sounds creepy. Let me reset. I, I noticed that, <laughs> that I, exactly. Someone I used to work with was in this room and it was filled mostly with um, black and brown female creators that were really having discussions, almost like, questions about the ins the ins and outs of um influencer marketing and contracting and to me i've had to work on that for so long it's like the unsexy information that's in my head so i was asked to come up on stage someone read my bio and i and that was the first time i was on stage sarah scott pulled me on stage this um this woman that i'm now quite friendly with because of uh clubhouse she's scotty style on instagram i believe so yes and and she pulled me up on stage. She read my bio. She's like, you work in brand marketing. Can you answer these women's questions? And I was on for three hours and I answered 40 some people's questions. And you never understand, like, and that's the kind of knowledge that I don't, I don't use every day. Like, and I also don't charge for like, you know, my talent, like making fun, interesting, you know, strategy content, all that's like the, like the stuff I love. And this was just knowledge that I had to know in like, you know, working at like on a brand or working on an agency. And it was the ability to understand that this was knowledge that hadn't been available or just isn't commonly talked about on that level uh, was phenomenal. It was, it was, it was like electric. Like I literally remember 
just nonstop answering questions for three hours, getting off. It was like getting off a clubhouse, like trying to figure out what just happened. I felt like so like jolted. Like I was like, Ooh, and it was like midnight. <laughs> so like, what am I going to do with that energy? But it was, it was, um, that was really the first time that I was like, this is something extremely unique and the possibilities are, you can make this whatever you want it to be. Yeah. And it's so, and, it, and I love the culture too, that's come out and you did a really fun reel that is so right on. It's like adding value to the space, oh. right? Thank yeah. you for bringing me to the stage. Gratitude, like focusing on how can I add value? I enter every conversation. I didn't learn this till last year as I was working on my communication skills. But like when you enter into a conversation, if you can just focus on how can I add value to this person, it's the most freeing and buoying way to enter into social interaction. And I love that that's the culture on Clubhouse. It's like, cause you're not gonna impress anybody if you show up and just talk to hear yourself talk. And it's right. not like you want to impress anyone. You really do want to just add value to people. And that's why, like, I think the social boost that you're getting from your interactions on Clubhouse has to do entirely with that you are adding value, that, that people know you know things that they want to know, right? Yeah. And that's really, I mean, that's really where it's so interesting. So. Yeah. I hope so. I think it's true. I, I mean, just even in your, like you did a two hour with me, this is why I know who Scotty style is because she hosted your content um, club. Uh, you know, you just got everyone together. And that was such a fun add on to like you having done this giant project of creating this amazing content. And then you're like, Hey, everybody, I'm going to do a clubhouse room about how to put together a photo shoot. Yeah, that was her, that was her idea. I was sending her imagery and, um, and she was like, you need to, um, Sarah was like, you need to hop on, you need to do a room on Clubhouse and you need to help people understand how you organize and how you plan a shoot. There are people in the audience that are looking to like reach a next level or may, may have questions or how do you demystify this, this, this process? And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, I, you have the questions. Could you like hop on and ask these questions from like an authentic uh, POV? So she did, and it was great. And so I, I, the room wasn't huge. I think maybe we had like a little over 200 people in the room, but I received, to this day, I still received messages about that room. And that was like over a month ago. So it's interesting just to see how, like what people respond to and what, and I think that, you know, there was, there was a great deal of time that you lived in New York and had access. And, you know, I live in New York and before COVID I had access to, things and I think that that I mean I don't want to speculate on your part but going through clubhouse and having conversations you start to see like how unique everyone's mind is and like what you really have to 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 bring and to offer and so many things like you know I took the contracting information and like what to look out for and, you know, um, usage rights and all these things that I took for granted. And, you know, three women reached out to me a week after I shared that information on Clubhouse and shared with me that they booked three different brand deals. And it's like, wow, that's, and it, and it wasn't anything like an idea or like, you know, a creative concept. It was just, it was just breaking down a barrier between someone being able just to get paid. And, you know, so, um, and I think that, that, that for me is one of, I mean, that, I believe in that. I believe in not creating barriers between a person and payment, um, especially in marginalized groups. Like I just don't, I believe access for as many people that want it, they should be able to have access to it, whether it's Wi-Fi for um, virtual learning in cities or just knowledge and, uh, and how to keep yourself protected when you're negotiating with like a large company. So um, it's been, it's been really rewarding. It's been a really rewarding and it's, and it's just like, you know, a fun, a fun new platform. Yeah. Oh, it has been so rewarding. Uh, Gregory, oh, I'm, I'm going to get, get you up one day. You're going to do I always, I always invite you up and you're always like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> well, listen, I'll say there's two reasons why I'll decline an invite to be on stage. Number one, if I am just not in a state to talk in front of people, like winding okay. down to bed. And number right. two, 
And also like I've declined invites because I know I have like a hard out at like whatever o'clock and it's getting too close for me to wait on a stage to like talk because I wouldn't ever want to stand someone up right like by like getting on stage and then like leaving and then you didn't know and you tried to call on me right like so that's like those are the things that keep for me you. for you but I'm here for you I'm here I'm all right here. well I'm, it's, not gonna, it's not gonna stop me from trying good and that shouldn't that's and something you had said too earlier about content creation and some things work and some things don't and that is part of being a creator, success looks like failure 90% of the time. The people who make the things that like blow up tried a lot of things before they made the thing blow up. And it's like, and just being willing to, to be there. Um, okay, so I wanna make sure I ask you about your coming out story. Cause I love being a place where people who are like out professionals um, in whatever way, like can share the like, the. I think one of our biggest stories is like that moment where you get through the fear of like, what are people gonna see me as in this thing that's just so inherently part of me, right? So I'm curious, like, where'd you grow up and what was it like for you and how did you come out? And also how old are you? Cause I think you're in your early thirties. No, I'm not in my early thirties, but I will say this. So, cause when you wrote this to me about my coming out story, um, it's like two split, it's, it's, I look at it two ways. So coming out with like family and friends was definitely one path and that was a little bit like jarbled and i mean you know i was 19 when i started like having vocal conversations i mean i had been having thoughts and feelings i learned what a prom was when i was seven and i was like oh so you just take a guy to a prom and i remember being at a tjf fridays with my mom and my stepdad and they're like now do you want to take a guy to the prom and i'm like i don't know so i remember kind of grappling with those kind of thoughts very young but then once once i got to be like 19 um you know i became much more vocal i was like things are going on things are happening like i started speaking out a lot and my family was always really wonderful about it like thank goodness like i was very i'm very blessed um but the work coming out was like always like so hard for me. And the, the in hindsight, like I was thinking about this when you wrote the, the email with the questions, I was like, oh my gosh, why was the work coming out so much harder? And I think for me, it was, um, I always, I had this feeling that, um, that I, because I, I always knew how to, um, really get the most out of whatever the new thing was. So at companies, I was always looked at as like, oh, well, he knows because he's like the young kid or he knows X, Y, Z. And it, I always struggled with like legitimacy. Like I always struggled with like, well, no, this isn't why I know how to use it or I know how to, you know, make things uh, appealing on the internet. It's because I understand packaging and like design and and fundamentals of marketing and like how to create emotional connections for people and move people through steps and processes and manipulate it till they buy. But the the truth was that I always kind of had this like this this hurdle, this internal like wall that I would be like, no, if I if I reveal too much about myself, that's just ammo to think that I'm even less legitimate. So I definitely had these issues and these problems. And then that was, um, but the crazy thing was I was at like female led companies, like places that were safe environments for me to be. Well, I also I was at page six, which was News Corp. So I don't recommend coming out there, but I never did. So I don't know how it went down, but <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel too comfy about it. But I remember I went to um, my first agency kind of post like dot coms and magazines and and I had felt the most secure in my knowledge and the most secure in my talent. And um, the the president, the woman who ran the, the agency, she created an environment where she wanted everyone to be the most authentic because she knew that that was when like you were your best. And it was through that process and that that safe space that she created. And, you know, I think now we use terms like in inclusivity, but um, her name, her name is Leslie Hall. She's, she's not was, it is Leslie Hall. She's still living and she has a, a company, Ice Media. 
But, you know, we talk a lot about inclusivity and things of that nature now, which is wonderful that we're having more conversations. But, you know, she fundamentally started at that point. So it wasn't necessarily about, like, it was just blended voices, walks of lives, skin tones, gender uh, identification. Like, that was just the tapestry of her, um, of her agency. And it was there that I was just like, yeah, um, I'm gay and I have a boyfriend and I feel comfortable saying that. Um, and it was just, it was the best place for me to just come into that and step into it and, and be, you know, as much and as authentic as I could be in my professional setting. Um, but it was, but I honestly didn't even think about it from, I was just always like, well, I'm, I'm going to have my work life and I'm going to have my personal life. But with social media, it was increasingly hard for me to like, not that I was hiding, but it was just kind of like, and I was so, I'd already was like all over. I had like 5,000 followers on Twitter. I was like, like, I was already like having moments when I'm like, this is gonna probably be a question or at least people are going to see things. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until like 2012 or 2011 actually that I felt comfortable enough to kind of just, um, just step into my truth in a professional setting. Oh, I love it. But I love that you finally got there. Yes. Um, I yes. was also only 19 when I came out. And it took me a, I tried so hard to stay in the closet professionally, but my first real job out of law school was uh, just a solo attorney. I was the first attorney he ever hired. And like, I just couldn't not be myself. <laughs> I was just like, here I am. Like, it's just like, once I got used to being myself, like it has been, it's so, it's like wearing the wrong sweater or something. Like, I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just got to be me and not worry about that. I, I mean, I'm frequently worried about the consequences even still. Um, and I just, I have a practice of releasing it. So I'm glad that you got to the point where you felt like you could really be yourself. And, and that's such, I mean, so brilliant of Leslie, because when you get people together in their authenticity, they can bring a lens that helps to make everything stronger because we're stronger in our diversity. I think humans are diverse by nature, like we're literally made that way, but we're socialized to feel like we need conformity in order to have safety and belonging. And you can have belonging where everyone gets to be different. Like it's just about setting a tone and like creating a space for that. And it was the, I think it was the shift because prior to that, I'd been, I'd worked in such corporate settings mm -hmm. and the focus wasn't always on your talent. It was on so many other different things that you had to like, kind of, and I didn't know any other way. I mean, immediately when I graduated college, um, I had already had a job at a magazine before I even had an apartment in New York. So I was like, I don't know how to do any of this. <laughs> like, what am I doing? And um, but it was always like these corporate settings, though they were like based on entertainment and you know publishing, so that there is still a creative realm. It was very much in a corporate setting, or they were owned by corporate entities. So I never, um, I just didn't feel safe, or um, yeah, safe to to kind of you know have those kind of moments, or even like I wouldn't even know how to start those kind of conversations at that time. And when I got to the independent agency, uh, when I, you know, I was working for Leslie at Iced, um, it was almost like with, without a question, like it was just ingrained in the tapestry and it was, um, it was intrinsic to her being and her spirit. And it was important for her that the work was good, but that the work was a great reflection of the people that put it together and that created it. So, yeah. Um, and then it's like flash forward to when I actually get married and it's like the most public thing. And, um, you know, me and my husband are like on the knots Instagram. So it's like, I've come a long way, baby. You really have. Um, okay. So I'm curious where you grew up. Um, yeah, I grew up right outside of, um, Philadelphia and then in Bucks County. And then, um, my parents moved into Philadelphia, like the last, I guess like the last year of, of high school, but yeah. And then I, um, I mean, I'd always kind of, I mean, I blamed friends that show friends. I was always like, I'm going to live in New York city, but like, as if anyone for the younger people listening to this or watching this, um, you're going to have to look up friends on a streaming service. It was a show from the mid nineties that lasted to the mid early two thousands. Um, you know, you should Google it. It was, it had, it had some humorous moments. 
but it also provided a really fictitious version of what young life in New York was. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what? I'll say this: one of my dear friends in New York City had a loft in Soho that was totally rent controlled, and it was like somebody's like it when it was so it was illegal that she was subletting it. But like it was very much exactly what Monica and Rachel lived in. Only they never talked about like the brick that would fall out of the wall, the asbestos, like you like the the realities of living in that loft were not as cute as they were on TV in this set right. from Los Angeles. Um, okay, so wait, how old are you? I don't like talking about my age. Okay, you don't have to, but like uh, now I'm dying to know. I feel like we might be the same age. Um, I moved to New York City after living in Philadelphia for law school. I moved there because of Kevin Smith movies because I got really obsessed with like the Lower East Side and that creative vibe. And I was like, and I would visit frequently and it was a different vibe visiting New York for nightlife and enjoyment and friends and weekends than it was working in New York. Like the realities of being in Midtown during rush hour are not cute. And it's <laughs> totally different than what you think it's gonna be. Well, cause on one side you're going there for like fun mm -hmm. and the other side you're going to like build a career. So mm -hmm. it's like very, very different reasons and, and, and needs. But um, I mean, I've lived in New York for over 13 years now oh. right yeah so um and what a what an interesting time to be in new york the last year um so you know we'll see i mean you know uh, my mom recently said to me and i was like i don't know if i didn't take it as an insult but she was like you can she's like at this stage in her life you can only live in new york or la and i was like what does that mean yeah what does that mean? Is that like, because uh, I'm wonderful and these two areas are amazing? Or is it like, do you think part of me is high maintenance and I can only be serviced in these two towns? <laughs> what does that mean? So I may, I may poke around uh, deeper into that later. Oh, I'm so curious. I mean, I, yeah. I, I'll say this. I think I probably could have thought the same thing of myself. Like I needed a big city. There was just like part of, I mean, I moved from New York to LA, so. I, I know both sides of those coins. And I was sharing with you before we started this podcast, I've been living in the forest for about 15 months now. And I am- That was so, the perfect time to do it. I mean, I'm so grateful for my life falling apart and, and falling here. And I'm so grateful to know what it's like to live somewhere that's, cause I used to have to leave New York once a month just to go be in the woods or like be somewhere nature, naturey like the beach or whatever, so that I could feel refreshed and like go back and hit it in New York and like, I moving to LA was like an experiment of like, if I'm doing all this self care just to survive in New York, what could it be like if I were in LA and I could drive to Target and things were just a little easier. And then and I liked it. I mean, it really was good for me. And then out here, though, I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. This is like my cell phone charger. And then I can go be in the world and be my most vibrant self and then come home and plug myself back into the woods, you know, I mean, you have kind of the best it's you know it's the Hannah Montana syndrome the best of both worlds yeah where you know and at the time where people needed space and access to nature the most you won you got it you did it <laughs> and, I, and my love for creating content is really about my love for finding dancing, peace the dancing videos the dancing videos like I love to create content I've always loved being an artist and a performance artist and sharing with people but really my my heart is to figure out how to find peace and then share the recipe with people. So if people can't get to the woods, I love having that content on my stuff just because I'm lucky enough to live here and share that. And we get the internet for that and it's so good. I mean, I remember the, the videos that you were doing earlier. Um, wait, did you do forest videos in, in August? Oh yeah, I've been doing them since I moved. I, as soon as I got here, I've been doing them every day like a year now right i feel yeah. like it's been a year yeah. um yeah i remember the one in august and it was right after folklore came out and i watched the videos and i was like how did she know like how did she know the next wave would be like in one with nature and the in the woods just like living your best folklore life exactly. but you know you did it me and taylor i think there's something <laughs> she's so she's so prolific um yeah when you were talking about your vision for 2023 that's going to be your year 
um, and getting the refund from your lover tour ticket, I was like, really thinking about this. I'm like, it's because Taylor's already reinvented herself. There's already yeah. a new fresh unfolding of Taylor. So the folklore tour has got to be different than what the lover tour was going to be, of course. So I mean, I got a full refund, which to me made me made um. It was the end of 2020 with the perfect bow on top. Mm, yeah, it really was. Um, Gregory, as we wrap up, I want to just get your vision. Cast me a vision for your like most ideal 2023, post-pandemic, post. -pandemic, post <laughs> you don't have to say 2023. I feel bad because I made that. I have a I have a running joke with um with my friend Kelly Will, my one of my best friends, Kelly Will. And when, you know, everything was getting so intense and so hard and, and we were just, you know, we were, we were there for each other in terms of like discussing our hopes and our fears and the madness that was, you know, uh, the pandemic that was engulfing the world. And I just, to kind of bring a little bit of levity, I remember texting her, um, you know, I've got a lot, I've got, you know, I, I know it. 2023 is going to be our year because it just was so hard to envision, you know, like 2021 being completely done or 2022 still not having some effects or ramifications of what happened in 2020 and 21. So my vision board for 2023, gosh, well, I hope me and my husband are still healthy and that we're able to um, work in fields that we want to. Um, gosh, I hope Wow. Um, well, I hope I'm able to take a plane and go to a beach. That would be nice. But you know what? I um, I mean, I hope I'm further along. You know, me and my husband are talking about starting a family. So I would hope by 2023, we're farther along in that, uh, in that journey. Because the stuff I'm looking up, whew, it's going to take a while. There's a lot of, because, you know, we're, we're missing a major piece. So we have to like do a lot of research and groundwork in order to kind of make that all happen. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's expensive when you can't have procreative sex. Yes, yes. And that's actually the topic of my next clubhouse room. Really? <laughs> it should be. How much does procreative sex really cost? I have to say, I've heard about some underground gay networks where there's like, uh, if you've got an ova and you've got some sperm, people will swap. Um, That's, that doesn't sound legal. Uh, it's legal. If you are two consenting adults, anything is legal. I just feel like everything that I've read to date and I actually attended to like webinars. Yeah. Uh, it's been um, to like really partner with a family lawyer. <laughs> someone that knows the, the the legality of starting a family in your state yes. and surrogacy laws and adoption uh you know processes and so i don't know if i don't know if i'm brave enough to go that route <laughs> it's a brave route i'll tell you that as a former lawyer i can tell you it's a very brave route to do things outside of legal protection and surrogacy and all of that kind of stuff but i honestly think kids can't have too many parents so um like in many ways, like if, if when there's a will, there's a way. And there have always been rogue people outside of the mainstream making their dreams come true and making their families happen. So like, you know, but it is expensive when you go the traditional route, everything is expensive. But I also think that when you have a dream on your heart, like the means come somehow. And yes. yeah, yes. so I agree with you. I agree with what you just said. Yeah. Yay. Well, I'm going to vision for your 2023 to have a little baby on the way somehow. Um, on a beach. Baby on a beach. Baby on a beach. Exactly. Baby on a beach. Maybe that I get to on a plane. <laughs> yes. That I get to on a plane. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, yay. Gregory, thank you so much for sharing with us. You were just so full of wisdom and heart and joy and hope and beautiful content. The sweetest content. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. And um, it'll mean even more to me when I'm able to pull you up on stage during a clubhouse. It's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna put links to all of Gregory's uh, socials in the show notes. I'm like pointing, cause on the YouTubes, it'll be down below. 
Um, but if you want to shout them out now for the people who are just listening, where's the best ways? Where are the best ways to find you? To find me? Yes, you. Oh, um, I am Litley Litley, L-I-T-T-L-E-Y, L-I-T-T-L-E-Y on pretty much every social platform except for Twitter. I'm Litley Litley 2 because they unexpectedly two years ago just suspended my account. And I'm like, could you be more specific? They're like, it's suspended. We're sorry. That's the worst. <laughs> that is so mean. And uh, it's so, well, just let that be a lesson that we are building. Don't build your house on rented land. Get a website going, get a mailing list, like make sure that there are multiple ways to stay connected with the people that care and follow you on the internet. Yes. Own your connections. I say that all the time. At a minimum, have an email list uh, so that you can keep up with people. Um, it's so great. Gregory, you're an inspiration. You're a sparkly star in the world. I'm glad you're in my orbit. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you.